You're listening to the Women of Worth podcast, hosted by me, Audrey Bellis, founder of Worthy Women. We explore what it means to live and lead in integrity as women of worth. All right, you guys, we are here for this episode of Women of Worth with my favorite, Michelle Bablo, who I had the great fortune of meeting during our Brooklyn Worthy Women Summit. Michelle, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much, Audrey. I'm so happy to be here. I really would love to describe you as like confetti, glitter, pink sparkles, Lisa Frank meets... Oh my gosh. I don't know what unicorns. (laughs) I just like, I I can't even begin to describe you. You're like all the flavors of pink, fun, energetic, creative. And like, I almost want to like bring you home to my apartment and say, Michelle, can you please just like magically wave your fingers over it and craft all your craftiness onto me? You're that person. Yeah. Uh, and I would say, yeah, absolutely. If you buy me a bottle of wine, we'll, we'll get to work. <laughs> and I know you're going to be in LA soon, so I will definitely take you up on this. Yeah. Hopefully in July. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work in LA a little bit more just because I think, I don't know, I think my aesthetic would match that vibe really well. It absolutely would. So Michelle, for our audience, can you please let them know all about what you do and your design studio? And of course, please drop the name for them so they can find you. My company's name is Hallyes Design Studio, and we are an event and experience design company based in Brooklyn. We basically handle all of the aesthetic pieces of parties, trade shows, retail spaces, the overall design. We're sort of like interior designers, but for parties. That's how I like to frame it. And yeah, and we started, I started my business about four, three years ago after working working for anthropology, doing windows. I worked in film and TV for a while. I've sort of lived a hundred different lives, kind of doing different elements of design. And then once I sort of learned that there was this thing called event design, that was sort of when I was like, oh, this is the combination of everything that I've done before, plus being an entrepreneur. And it just kind of started and launched from there. I love that. And one of the things I particularly love about your studio, first of all, the fact that it's called Hell Yes instantly makes (laughs) me want to say yes to you. Oh, thank you. That truly resonates with me because I had a friend and mentor who always described work and work choices to me that if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Everything that you do should be about enthusiasm. And so I'm curious for you where the name comes from. And secondly, if things have always been a hell yes in your business. So I'm, I am like Miss Enthusiasm about everything. And I think in the past, it's sort of like been something that I like, it felt like it's sort of helped me back a little bit because I was so eager to try new things all the time and jump around and I didn't have like a set career path and I jumped around a lot and people were always asking me like and like putting me down for that but I think in the long run it really served me well because it allowed me to get a ton of different experience and try a lot of different things and not have to worry about you know becoming a doctor or becoming this like one set thing so it allowed me to try try my hand at you know whatever I wanted to do. But so hell yeah sort of came as a joke. When I was working, when I first started my business, I literally just started by designing friends' weddings. So I started by designing my best friend Jess's wedding and basically was just like, how much money do you have? I'll do it for cost. I just kind of need to build up my portfolio and and do it for fun. 
So I was in my one bedroom studio apartment in Brooklyn, you know, covered in decor, covered in streamers, covered in glitter, buckets of flowers everywhere. And I jokingly tagged a photo on Instagram as Hell Yes Design Studio as like the joke. Like I was jumping in and I was saying yes to everything, like everything, anything, like let me do it. Let me be a designer. Let me get my hands dirty. And it just sort of became the philosophy of my business. It became like, hell yes, like I want to do this. Hell yes, I'm excited about it. And it sort of, it sort of created a philosophy for me of like, that's the way that I want people to feel when they work with me. It's also the way that I want to feel about the projects that I do. Like if it's not a hell yes, then I like need to not not be doing it. So it sort of helped, helped govern the projects that I take. It's helped govern, it's helped me check in with myself and be like, is this a hell yes? Like, does this make me feel awesome? And it's, I don't know, and it's really fun and silly. (laughs) I absolutely love that. And I'm reminded, uh, didn't Shonda Rhimes just come out with a book or it came out about a year ago about her year of yes and saying yes Yes. to things? Yeah. And I particularly like that because I feel like in the entrepreneurial phase, zone, groups, even in women's groups, I hear a lot of, you need to own your worth, which is true because we talk about that in Worthy Women. But I'm actually very resentful of phrases like, you need to say no to this and you need to say no to that. Because when you block yourself off from things, it leaves a gap where the opportunities actually can't come in. When you become so obsessed with saying no to things, you lose the opportunity for serendipity. And I, similar to you, when I got started, when I was building my business, even on the startup DTLA side, prior to Worthy Women, I said yes to everything. Because one, I wanted the experience. Two, I wanted to meet people. And three, I was very open to the fact of this is going to take me somewhere. And even if it doesn't bring me dollars, it's going to bring me an experience that I can charge somebody else later for because I have built up my portfolio. I've built up my network. And I always try to think of things as, oh, that wasn't a waste of time. It was, what did I learn from this? What did I get out of this? And how can I parlay that into my next step? And I truly think that the attitude from the entrepreneurial standpoint of being open and welcoming to not regret things and very much say, okay, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to use this for something else is how you get ahead versus closing yourself off and saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm above this. And I think really when it comes down to, again, the entrepreneurial spirit, it's not being above anything. Like in my business, I'm not above anything. I do setup, I do takedown, I do cleanup, <laughs> I do check-in. And in fact, if you're unwilling to do check-in, cleanup, and takedown in my, on my team, you're not welcome to be a part of my team. Everybody participates and everybody learns that. And I love how you're just, descri- I can just picture you in your apartment covered in confetti, covered <laughs> in streamers. And to be honest, I think those are some of the fun things. Like that's where you get to be hands-on and and, you know, remember when you stayed up all night burning your fingers with a glue gun and you're like, oh, that sucked, <laughs> but it was so worth it because look at this. And you literally yeah. create beautifully stunning experiences, which I think is so awesome because for me, when I create events, you know, we're very focused on the content and how do you, and how does content translate on Instagram? right? On a platform that's visually right. stunning. Like we want people to look at our events and say, oh man, I, I, I have FOMO because I didn't go to that. I want to be there. And somebody like you is the missing bridge for people like myself and other corporate groups that 
don't know how to reach larger audiences because what we do is not visual. So it needs a visual element and it helps people feel involved and enjoy themselves. And they're more likely to selfie and check in if they feel like they're in a surrounding, their physical environment is truly supporting that experience. So one of the things that we ask everybody who's on this show is what makes you a woman of worth or what makes you a worthy woman? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this for the past couple of hours, um, and I love this question. And I think it goes back to that saying yes to everything sort of mentality that I have, like being very open to new experiences. So I really take a lot of time and build it into my schedule to talk to people that reach out to me, to have coffee with people. If I have assistants or interns that have questions about career or life or just like building a business, like I always make time for those people. And I think it's so important. Like one of, one of my favorite parts of my business besides making beautiful things and like creating fun experiences is being able to support other makers and creative people and help them get paid because I think it's so valuable. I'm so lucky that I get to do what I do and get paid to do it and I get paid well and I have fun and it's it's literally my dream job and I want to make sure that every person who is creative or artistic or you know just you know is crafty like someone who just like likes making something for fun like I want them to understand that they have value and I want them to understand that they can get paid to to be creative and they don't have to sacrifice like one one lifestyle or another it just takes a lot of hustle and anything I can do to kind of build a people up and support them and teach them. I think like that's what makes me a worthy woman or a woman of worth. Oh, I totally agree. And I think one of the biggest things about that is you're not just doing it for yourself, but you're doing that to help others. When too often, I think the complaints that we hear in the women's space is, oh, I'm being cut down by my fellow woman. That's who's cutting me down. That's my biggest competition. And I particularly love that you're about helping creatives get paid because I think that with creatives, there's a little bit of a struggle with, well, I'm doing this for the love of the art and what I do, but you still have to support (laughs) yourself. So for many of our audience members, they're in similar positions to when you got started. They are doing something to build the experience, build up a portfolio, um, gain some early recognition so that they can start charging for clients, but then they struggle when it comes to the actual part of, okay, now it's time to start charging. How did you do that for yourself? And what are some best tips that you can recommend for our women? Yeah, absolutely. So I think in general, having a good support system is so important when you're starting a business, like whether that's a partner or friends or family or like a full-time job that can like help you sort of transition between a full-time job to like your dream job or your side hustle. And I think so much of that is like, no matter what you do out of the gate, you're going to undercharge for what you do. I can't tell you how many things I did for free or for cheap. And then like afterwards was like, well, that was dumb. I didn't make any money on that. So like the initial goal is like break even. And once you start breaking even, then you're like, okay, like let's move my prices up. And it's slow. But I also talked talked to anyone that would talk to me about what they were charging, like what going prices were. And everyone 
at least in the event industry, was like super open to sharing that information and being just like helping me figure that out. Because like, you know, I didn't go to school for business. I didn't go to school to work in events. Like I literally just created this job out of nothing. And I think relying on having that support system, the community to be like, hey guys, I just got asked to do this crazy thing. I have no idea what to charge. Like, will you, will you help me figure this out? I mean, I do this all the time for like my assistants and like other people kind of up and coming because it's scary and it's scary to be like, okay, I'm going to ask for this amount of money that I've never asked for before. And then when they say yes, and you actually have to execute it, you're like, oh shit, like now, now I have to do this. Like I just asked for $8,000 and they ga- they agreed to it. Like now what do I do? So I think don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to just try it and do it. And then once you get to a point where you're feeling more comfortable, like keep raising your prices. Like I raise my prices like every four to six months. And it's more because like people are paying for your experience and for your knowledge. And that is so, so valuable and your skill and your connections. Like when I, when I work as a producer, like so often I'll come on for like a corporate event and I won't be physically making anything, but I will be like advising them, like what rentals to buy, what venue to go to, like how the space should be set up. Like that is like my knowledge that they're paying for and like never, never undersell that part of it because that is so, it's so important. Like your experiences, like everything that you, you have done up until that point, like that's what people should be paying you for. So I would say it's a little bit of experimentation. It's a little bit of like asking around and then it's a little bit of feeling it out. You're going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I need to make X amount of money on each thing that I do. And if I don't, then it's not worth it. Then like, that's what you need to charge. And don't be afraid to tell people that you're too expensive for them. But like, let me give you, let me give you a suggestion of someone else who might be more green, who could do it a little bit cheaper. You know, I think there's always like the competition versus collaborator thing. I think there is more than enough work for everyone. And I think it's so important to like share and recommend and like people will only do that to you if you do that to them. So, oh, I really, really love that. Um, And I like especially the way that you phrase that as collaborator versus competition. And, you know, what's interesting I remember last year when I was putting, actually, no, it was this year. It was the beginning of this year. I had put together um, a sponsorship deck for some of the work that we're doing. And I had a very good friend of mine who owned an agency. He retired early at the age of like 34. And we were having coffee one morning and I shared my numbers with him. (laughs) And I said, you know, you used to work with brands that have these budgets. What do you think about this? And he looked at it and he said, add a minimum of one zero onto everything that you're doing. And I said, no one's going to pay me that. And he goes, let me break down how these budgets work for you, Audrey, and how much they're spending other places. And let me tell them what the value of you do. And I mean, I was one incredibly humbled, but I remember the first time I hit enter on that deck after adding the zeros. (laughs) And I was like, no one's going to pay me this. There's no way. And I sent it off. And you know, what's interesting. We had larger brands who took us more serious more seriously, uh, who took us actually, yes, more seriously seriously, than before. They sat there and were like, okay, this is, yes, you're on par with everybody else because we didn't know how much other people were charging because at least on the production side for conferences, that's not really something that's shared because people are very much like, oh my gosh, well, you're getting what from where? And they kind of go after each other. 
But I remember I sent that off to somebody and they responded right away with, great, let's take our next meeting. And I was like, oh my gosh, they said yes. Well, they didn't say no. Let me put it that way. And by the time it got to a (laughs) yes and we got that first yes, I kind of shit myself a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I'll tell you what, being able to charge for things is such a relief and not having to be in this position of like, hey, I need everything for free. I need this venue for free. I need your food for free. I need your speakers for free. I need everything for free. Well, we still need speakers for free. But you know, (laughs) when you can start to wean off the everything for free and everything in kind, and you're like, okay, I can now pay somebody to do X, Y, and Z of this portion. And that feeling of being, you know, like you were saying, being able to support other people in their craft is a really good feeling. And it feels really nice to be like, okay, we're self-sustaining just a little bit better than we used to be now. Yep. Well, so what, but what you're saying too, is like you, when you are really scrappy in the beginning, like it's so valuable later when things go wrong, like in in the event world, you're like, and they always, I'm not, I'm like the, oh my God, always. And I am like the least stressed person ever. And people are always like, you're so calm. And I'm like, well, listen, like I used to do events for like $700 and like, I would have to have my friends help me who didn't know what they were doing. And I would like rent a ladder and have it delivered. And like, I'm very used to being scrappy. So as you gain more experience and like things get easier and budgets get bigger and you're able to spend and pay people, you're very chill and you're very in control because you're used to doing it the scrappy way. And like when people call me scrappy, I'm like, yes, that is such a compliment. Like I am totally someone who has like 10 backup contingency plans at all times because like I know that things can go wrong. I know how to do it cheaply. I know how to do it like kind of jangly, but we'll get to get the job done. And like, that's a skill. Like that is an important, important skill. Like if you're used to working with, you know, million dollar budgets all the time, like you're not going to think you're not going to be as resourceful as someone who has sort of like built it up slowly. I think, I think it's a, it's a valuable experience. I a hundred percent agree. And I truly think that at least for us, it's been the same experience because I've been scrappy for so long to borrow your word. (laughs) Now that we're starting to get to play with budgets, we're able to be more conservative with those budgets and be conscious of our spending throughout the year because we've done it scrappy for so long that we're able to know what do we need. And when we're charging other or when we're paying out other people for that, it's like, ah, I understand the true cost of this. Like, I know, I know what I am paying for, like, and being able to control exactly what you're looking for and the things that I know that I can get versus something where I'm like, okay, how much of this is really worth my time and having somebody else do this instead because my earning capacity is better spent doing X, Y, or Z. That's a hundred percent true. I love that. I love being able to hire people when I'm just like, you know what? I don't have time for this. And my time is more important. Like my brain is more important than me, like physically building like a stage. You know what I mean? Like I'm in this project right now and it's like such a short turnaround time that like, I just called someone and was like, could you just build this for me and like deliver it for me so that I don't have to like use my time and energy because I'm so busy planning for other events right now. And it's such a good feeling to just be like, yeah, I can just hire someone. That's great. Like, that's wonderful. It's such, I don't know. It's so empowering to be in that place. I'm so proud of you. Like, 
Worthy Women is just such such an incredible organization. And like, I think you guys are going to blow up very, very soon. Like huge. Thank you. And when we were at that Brooklyn event, I did that event alone. That was yeah. the first time I put on that event. We had over, I think we had 120 chairs and there was standing room only. So let's estimate that about 150 people throughout the day were there. Yep. And I had just rolled into the city the day before and I was rolling out the next morning. So I was there for a total of maybe 50 hours, if that, <laughs> not even, it wasn't even a full 48. And we managed to pull that off and, you know, talk about hiring people. I hired a task rabbit to do my check-in yep. for me. And he was awesome. He was great to work with. And the cost of like, instead of asking somebody for favors, you know, it cost me 60 bucks for the time that he was there. He was incredible. He was happy to do the work. And I think here's the difference between paying people and asking for a favor. And I've had this experience at other events where you ask somebody to do check-in and they're all bummed out because they wanted to participate in the event. Same for volunteers where they're like, hey, I'm volunteering because I think I'm going to get inside experience, but I still want to actually participate in the event, which is not the same if you're volunteering. And for this gentleman, and I remember he actually sent me a message the night before through the app and he goes, Hey, Audrey, I looked up your event. I think it's really cool, but it's called Worthy Women. I know that I'm a guy. If you'd prefer somebody else or if you'd prefer a woman for this event, like, please let me know. I won't be offended if you cancel. I just want to make sure it's okay. And I said, yeah, please come. He asked me about the attire of what he should wear. He did an incredible job at check-in. He was so helpful. And then at the end, you know, he reached back out to me and said, I had a great time. If you're ever in the area, please let me know. This was a really streamlined event. I'd love to work together, which again comes down to, and I'm sure this is the same for you production schedules. I live by a production schedule and I make sure everybody has copies of that and that every detail is accounted for so that there's no, oh, I forgot about this. Who's in charge of that? And I think having a central point of communication, like anything, whether you're an entrepreneur is, or excuse me, no matter what the field you are as an entrepreneur, when you have a central place of this is where everything lives and there's no ambiguity, that's the key to success. Yes. What? Oh my God. 100%. I am, I think I said this at the Brooklyn event, but I am a Google Docs fanatic. I am hyper-organized, like super down to every little detail and everything is in a Google Drive that's accessible on the internet that anyone can access. Like it's so, it's so, so, so very important. And I think that's why that event went so smoothly, Audrey, was because you knew exactly what to expect. You had the support that you needed and you knew that people were going to show up and do their fucking job. And like that, That is so, so, so important. And like, even if I don't have a ton of money to pay people, I still try to pay people because I'm saying, I'm saying, thank you. I'm saying, I appreciate you. Like I'm saying, I know this isn't a lot of money, but like, I value your time. And like, I'm not asking you to work for free because it's work. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I love that. I 100% agree with you. So Michelle, it has been incredible having you here on the show with us. I would love to know from you any imparting wisdom that you can share with our audience about what it's like to just build up yourself from a place of worthiness and based on your own experiences of finding yours. Yeah. Um, I... I think that starting a business or or even like working within a business, like working on your dream is so much like 
going to therapy, you learn so much about yourself. You test your limits, you test your patience, you test how much energy you have. Um, it's And it's hard. Like anyone who says that building, building a business is easy is lying. And I think that it's important that you always check in with yourself and you always like ask yourself, like, what am I getting out of this? Am I happy? Am I making the people around me happy? Like what, what will sort of make things easier? Because as you keep going and as you grow, you have these moments where you're like, this isn't fun anymore. Or like this particular experience, like this is not fun. So like, it's so important to understand like what's important to you, like what lifestyle you want, how much money you want to make. Like most entrepreneurs don't make a ton of money to start with. And like some, some never make money. So it's really important that you, you have that balance. And I think it's so important to like constantly put, put energy into yourself and into your relationships, because those things are only going to like further your business, further the work that you do. Like if you are happy and healthy and vibrant like that's only going to be channeled into your business and for me like when I started like I I have a team of freelancers but like I am a business of one like if I'm sad or sick or not feeling it like it it prevents me from doing my job and so I think for me the biggest advice I could give to someone is just to like take care of yourself check in like know know when you're too tired to do something and say no to some things and like give yourself room room to be happy and healthy and like feed yourself I'm the worst at feeding myself so that's where my my partner comes in and he 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 feeds me when I'm busy like he does all the cooking and he makes sure that I have I have breakfast and lunch and and like that's that's what I need to kind of function and do do my job and I think it's just about being self-aware and it's about like knowing knowing what you need to kind of be happy so I think make sure you prioritize your happiness as well as the success of your business because then then it'll all sort of like go together and flow. I 100% agree. And for our listeners, if you want to get happy, the first thing that you need to do is head over to Michelle's Instagram and peep her profile picture. And if it does not make you cheese this hard on your face like mine is right now, we can't be friends anymore. Uh, So... Michelle, please let our audience know where can they find you online? Sure. So my Instagram handle is Michelle Bablo, uh, B-A-B-L-O. And that's my personal Instagram. I just started a business Instagram, which is Hell Yes Design Studio. So I'll be adding to that. And then you can always go to michellebablo.com. And then if anyone is in New York and attends Creative Mornings, um, I also do a lot of work with them. The Creative Mornings New York chapter is great. So huge shout out to them. Come to our events and get inspired. I love it. And I can be found at Audrey Bellis. And this has been Women of Worth. 